know about you, but I grew up with a house full of siblings. And not only siblings, but also cousins and the like who would, they would hang around quite a bit while I was a kid. And we would always tend to get in trouble, usually together. But sometimes we didn't get in trouble together. And instead, well, we got in trouble apart, meaning one of us got in trouble and the other one was the tattletale. And here's what I learned from that experience in life, because it's been persistent throughout all of life. And that is usually the first one to tattle is believed to be the truth teller, even if they're not. They're believed to be the truth teller. Whoever runs first to mom or dad or the authority or whoever and says, this is what so-and-so did, that's the one they believe first. And there's a deep, deep re abiding reality in that that we need to recognize today when truth is so hard to get our hands on. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I think one of the challenges that I find these days with, with young people especially, but it, it happens with grown-ups as well, is the ability to, to distinguish truth from facts that are kind of made up to support the ideology, but they really don't go back to the foundation of truth. See, it's really easy to come up with a whole lot of facts and statistics that point you in a certain way. Bold statements that sound like they ought to be true, but they're not. It's the tonality that makes them sound true. It's the authority of the person speaking that makes them sound true. It's it's the evidence that is presented that makes them sound true. But how, do, how many of you know that there are, there are times when evidence is presented that just simply isn't true? When the evidence is presented, the, the facts are there, they're, they're present, but they're not the whole truth. Remember when we have seen all the old movies about someone to be being sworn into court, or maybe you've been in a court of law for a jury duty or something of that nature, and you've seen someone sworn in, and they ask them to tell the truth in three parameters. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So let's kind of dig into that for a minute. See, what we know is that when truth is persistent, it always prevails. When truth is not persistent, when truth is not consistent, when truth is suppressed, it doesn't prevail. Truth doesn't win when you only tell part of it. Nope. Truth doesn't win when you only tell it once and the non-truth tellers, the fact presenters, the counter-truth presenters are presenting something other than the truth but they're doing it so loudly, so often, so commonly that it's just really hard to compete, if you will, with their narrative. See, the narrative is really important. The narrative sometimes is more compelling than the truth. Maybe you've heard that old phrase, the truth is stranger than fiction. Well, it is most of the time. When you tell somebody the truth about what actually happened at an event, chances are they're going to be like, wow, I, I can't believe that really happened. That is a very common statement. I can't believe that really happened. Shock and awe, surprise that the truth really happened. Why? Well, because we're so used to the narratives. The narratives about how things should be, how things ought to be, how things even were. You notice in the last 
decade or less, there's been a whole lot of work to rewrite history. And I don't just mean what happened last week compared to what the news said or what happened two weeks ago. And we've all seen the the YouTube video where uh, there's a news report going on and in the news report, the camera's in a tight angle like right now. See, you wouldn't know right now if I was standing here in my boxer shorts or not because the angle of this camera doesn't allow you to see. But suddenly that this camera comes on, well, now you can almost see down to my waist. You have a, a different look and, and this one comes back on and, and all you see is what you're being told, right? You, what you don't know is what's going on in the periphery. Well, there's a news story where they've got a huddle of people gathered in front of the camera and they've got, you know, everything walled off with signs and, and it looks like there's a riot going on, like a gigantic protest. The, the streets are filled with people based on the camera angle being really tight like this. But then there's somebody standing about half a block away with a cell phone recording it and uploading it to YouTube. And they're showing that in the middle of the scene where this little very narrow camera angle is around it, is nothing. Nothing. There's nothing going on. There's no crisis. There's no protest. It's, you know, maybe 10 people gathered together in a huddle, and that includes all the cameramen and the journalists. They're just making stuff up. That's not truth. That's a narrative. That's a story that's being made up to promote an idea or a concept, generally to gen up some fear. But when that video comes out that says, no, this is what the scene really looked at. Let, let's look at a broader angle. Let's look at the whole picture, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. See, sometimes we get the truth, and it's told once or twice, and then suddenly somebody's got another picture of what the truth ought to be, and they start to add a little to it. They Maybe they embellish a little bit. Here's what I thought about what I saw. You've seen this recently in journalism as well. A journalist who's supposed to report on what actually did happen, the facts that actually can be proven, and instead what you get is, well, so-and-so did this because. Well, the minute they say because, there should be a whole new string of facts. But often what we get is because... And then there's an implied motive or an inserted narrative. The truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. There's a reason we ask for all three of those things when someone is sworn in to a court of law. And it has a lot to do with the fact that we don't need you to make up narrative. We don't need your opinions added. If it was an op-ed piece, fine, give us your opinion. But don't give us your opinion and report that as facts. The minute there's a because, there should be a transition to a new set of facts. The car crashed into the house at 62 miles an hour, drove through all four bedrooms and out the other side and landed in the pool. Because. Because there was an alien. Because there was a cow in the road. Because they lost control of their car when they fell asleep because the steering wheel locked when the car, the car died and there was no power to steer it, and so it just kept going on its own momentum, or because the people who lived in that house all wore pink tennis shoes and the driver of the car hated pink tennis shoes. See, that, that last because, that's conjecture. That's opinion. It's really hard to prove that he hated pink tennis shoes, unless maybe somewhere he stated the fact that he hated pink tennis shoes, and it's posted, it's written, it's documented, it's been evidenced before, then that becomes perhaps a new set of facts. But throw a because into a report, into 
a statement of fact doesn't make it a fact. In fact, it makes it an opinion. And that opinion doesn't have the weight of truth. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But here's what we also know. When the truth prevails, it's because the truth is consistent. It's really easy to look up a truth and go, yeah, I've heard that before. It resonates as truth. There's something deep inside of me that just says, I know that's true. It's not just that I feel it and I want it to be true, but I don't even like it and still something in me knows that it's true. It's because truth is foundational. It's kind of like gravity. We don't necessarily like gravity, especially those of us who are getting older and gravity is having more toll on our body parts and keeps telling the scale that I'm heavier than I really am. But gravity and that scale together, I think it's a conspiracy. That's what I think. But there's something about us that knows that gravity is irrefutable. And there's something in us that knows that truth is irrefutable. Truth is just what it is. Now, of course, there are lenses through which we look at truth. There are ways that we perceive truth. There are ways that we receive truth. But that doesn't change the truth. The fact that truth is consistent, that truth doesn't care about my opinion, truth doesn't care about my wants and disapproval, truth just doesn't care. And it certainly doesn't care about my feelings. No, truth is persistent. Truth is consistent. Truth is the same all the time. Now, whether what you say lines up with the truth that is already persistent and consistent, that's about your level of integrity. And if you're reporting the news or you're delivering information, then you should do everything in your power to find the truth and align what you say, what you think, what you believe, and how you act with that truth. Because when truth is consistent and truth is persistent, it will prevail, except when it's suppressed. When the truth is suppressed because someone muddies it with their own narrative, because when the truth is suppressed because someone just doesn't allow you to speak, we mentioned the heckler's veto in the last uh, episode, the idea that someone would just shout and shout and shout and shout and shout. They don't care if it's true. They don't care if it's relevant. They don't care if anybody else wants to hear it. They're just going to talk until the other person doesn't get their say. That's one way of suppression. Another is simply to remove the opportunity to speak, to suppress someone maybe from a social media platform or from the ability to, to speak out in a school board meeting or the ability to speak out that when their voting is not recognized because they didn't show up to the ballot box on time or whatever. There, there are various ways to suppress the truth and it doesn't make it less true. It just makes it harder for the truth to prevail. And the challenge is what happens in life when truth doesn't prevail? Well, that answer is really simple. When truth doesn't prevail, we're led by lies. And when you're led by lies, you're going to find that your life is, well, it's a mess. Because you're believing things that didn't happen. You're following sets of ideas that, well, they don't have the truth behind them. They don't have the ability to bring about the change that you would want to see in your life. They don't have the ability to truly transform your mind and your emotions and your will. Lies are for the purpose of manipulating you and usually to the benefit of the liar. Very seldom are lies for your benefit. No, nope, lies are always about the bad guy, the liar, the deceiver, 
the one who wants to take you down the wrong path. That's why lies are told. It's not for your own benefit. The exception might be the illusion that the lie, when the question is asked, do I look fat in these pants? And the answer is, no, you look fine in the pants. That might be an untruth spoken to, quote unquote, preserve my feelings, but it's really a double-ended lie because you may think you're making the person that you're telling that feel better, but you're really protecting yourself in your own relationship. So you can say, I'm telling this white lie so that my wife or my spouse doesn't feel bad about the clothes that they're wearing, but really you're doing it to preserve your own relationship. And so it really, even then, is a selfish motive. You might even be deceiving yourself that you're doing a good thing by telling a lie and you're not. The lie doesn't benefit anybody but you. Lies are always a selfish motive. That's usually a pretty good indicator. If somebody's telling you something and the only person that gains from them telling you that is them, pretty good chance you need to look at the facts and dig up some truth. They're probably not getting the whole truth and nothing but the truth. If you're a leader and you're communicating with people on a regular basis, whether it's written or social media, it's video, it's in the front of the, the boardroom, do yourself the favor of doing the research and finding the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And if you're gonna qualify something with your opinion, with your experiences, that's fine. That's a good idea to be able to, see what's all right, support, to supplement the truth. Not to suppress or supplant, but to supplement the truth with your own experience. Just to say, this is a truth. Maybe you don't know it yet. Maybe you haven't experienced it, but I have. Here's what my experience looked like. And that's the evidence that I know that it's true. I heard it. I read it. I saw it. I studied. Then I lived through it. If you stand in the front yard and throw a hammer in the air, chances are you should move. You're going to get hit in the head with a hammer. Don't ask me how I know that. See what I'm saying? You can supplement the truth. Just don't suppress it or supplant it. But if you're a leader and you're delivering information, start with the truth. Even if it's unpleasant, it's going to prevail in the end anyway. And when the truth comes out and reveals you to be the liar, that's going to cost you. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.